Hi, I'm Mark Hill, and this is the segment, The Podcast. I believe in human's potential, that the ultimate expression of oneself is achievable. And we all have that urge, that need to progress and become better. And I feel that the trail can help us do that. Whether it's overcoming fears, learning from mistakes, taking calculated trail risks, or building those long-lasting friendships. It's all progression. Join me as I speak with folks who are moving from the ordinary to the extraordinary, and let's catch them on their journey towards the KOM of their life. Welcome to the segment. Let's go. What's up, senders? Yeah, let's go. This is episode 56, and you'll hear in the actual show, I call it episode 55. I just wanted to let you all know that I was actually very nervous for this episode. This is still new to me, and having Robert on the show from the Biker Bar podcast was actually in my mind. So uh, I call it episode 55, but ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 50. Six, I can't believe we are on the other side heading towards 100. And thank you all for being here. Before we jump into the show, special thank yous go out to the supporters of the segment podcast and YouTube channel. First off, thank you to YT Industries, providing me the YT Jeffsy Core 4, 150 in the front, 150 in the back, and an all-mountain shred fest bike. I am loving that bike. If you all see me out on the trails, please come up and say what's up. I always love meeting everybody. And uh, if you are interested in a YT bike, you can see the Jeff C. Core 4 uh, with me out there on the trails. Special thank you also going out to Tasco, Tasco MTB. If you're in the market for any kind of mountain bike apparel, please consider Tasco. I love their products. Um, I actually sought them out to be a supporter of the show because I was already using their gloves and my favorite, their Scout shorts. That material that they use for the Scout shorts and now the Scout pants that is getting cooler is definitely a apparel piece you want to take a look at because Tasco is owned and operated by mountain bikers made for us mountain bikers. Just really good, good stuff. Special thank you also going out to spyoptic.com. Spyoptic eyewear both for when you're on the bike you got the goggles and you got the big glasses you also have lifestyle wear a ton of different styles for the spy lifestyle wear and they all come with the happy tech technology if you haven't learned about happy tech take a look at it happy tech really blocks out the bad blue wave light we all hear about and only lets in the good blue wave light which has been shown and scientifically proven to impact our attitude, our alertness, and our happiness. Super cool stuff out there with Spy Optic. Also, special thank you going out to Afton Shoes. Afton Shoes with the Coopers. If you see me out on the trails or some of my buddies, we're all rocking the Aftons now. I think it's Mountain Biking's flat shoe secret. Not a lot of people know about Afton, and those shoes are designed with a lot of great features for us on the mountain bike. They look very urban, but they are highly technical. So check them out. If you get a chance at aftonshoes.com and special thank you to Afton for your support of the segment podcast. All right, folks, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, episode 56 with Robert Shoemaker. 
What's up, everybody? Happy <laughs> Sunday evening. If you're here on the live stream with Uncaged MTB and I, uh, man, our guest tonight, episode 55 with Biker Robert from the Biker Bar podcast and YouTube channel is going to be our guest tonight. It's going to be super fun to hang out with him and get to know his story. Um, just taking a look at the chats, we're going to keep it super interactive. I see that we have the Bomber crew in the house. What's up, guys? We have Alpha MTB. Yo, yo, yo. Hey, how those Alpha, how how are those Coopers treating you? By the way, Ohms Bros MTB here for Biker. Be interesting to see him on the other side and not the host. Long night for him. I know he had like yeah. the Crams Nutrition <laughs> on, and I was actually listening to that while I was chasing the kiddos around, and I ordered some. I ordered some. I used the Biker oh, nice. code to get some, uh, a little bit of a discount there. And I have some of that coming in. It's going to be great. It's healthy nutritional snacks, very protein based with fiber and peanut butter and jelly. So that's going to be awesome. Could have uh, used that on our second climb this weekend. Dude, the second climb for <laughs> sure. For sure. We'll definitely get into that too on the show. Um, Adam Mock is in the house. What's up bomber crew and alpha two MTB Nick one, two, three says, what's up. And uh, man, Debbie Keo is in the house. What's up, producer Debbie? Great to see you. And uh, MTB Raging, what's up, guys? Good to see you, man. And thank you so much for having a speaking part on the video this weekend. I know that that's always makes you a little, little nervous, so that was great. Uh, Alpha MTB says, amazing. Haha, <laughs> took the DJ out today with them. Awesome. Nice. The dirt jumper on the Coopers. Dang, man. Joey. Speaking of writing, I know it's Sunday. A lot of us have gone out for our adventures, and uh, Sunday night, I, my legs are feeling a little bit worked. <laughs> I don't know. How are yours? Yeah, they're, they're doing fine, but I uh, definitely felt it on that second climb. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. That climb so, and then that jump line there is a it's a pedal jump line, and I was beat by the end of it. Like, yeah, we, we were out there for a while. For those of you who haven't done Velocity, uh, it's like 25 miles of trails, and we had done a bunch of sessions on the jump line. We were filming for um, for a couple companies just to have fun with it. We were filming for a company called Goop Industries, and we were doing some film for our our buddy. Yeah, look at that! Look at that! And uh, we were also filming for TJ. Um, TJ was out there, and uh, TJ is the owner of Afton Shoes. And uh, he brought some products out and he was able to give some of those to the trail dogs. So you might be seeing something very cool coming out from the trail dogs. Uh, but we did a bunch of stuff at the bottom of the, of the jump line with cameras and drones and everything. And then we decided to go up and uh, do Matco, came back down and then decided to go all the way back up again the second time <laughs> to do ladders, which I haven't done in a while. And uh, that was uh, that was extremely fun <laughs> and tiring. <laughs> um, a couple more folks that are joining us. We got oh MTB Rad Dad is here. I'm here. What's up, Adam? I saw you were freezing your buns off at Sky Park today, but uh, it looked amazing. I mean, that's going to be us next weekend. I hope so. Thirty. What was it, Adam? Thirty-eight degrees out there today was the high. No, was it forty-three? Mm. 38. Uh, Air Blair is here. He says, missing riding with you guys this weekend. See you next weekend for sure. Definitely, definitely, nice. definitely. Nice. We got John W. on the line with a thumbs up. What's up, John? Good to see you as always. 
And oh, dude, normal MTB beer is on. I'm eating some hot wings in honor of Robert. Awesome. Nice. <laughs> Sebastian, bro, I looked at your your account. I think you jumped up. You're like at 40,000 followers right now. Awesome. Awesome. Well-deserved. I loved uh, my favorite lately has been the one where mountain bikers go hiking. Jesus, Louises. That was hilarious. <laughs> oh, we got Robert in the chat. Biker nice. says you are my hero normal. <laughs> oh, man. So, hey, before we get started, um, I definitely wanted to shout out this company. Now, there are not a sponsor of the show, but I thought it was a good tool that we could all use. I learned about them when we were in Sedona. And I talked to the owner, super cool guy. But have you guys ever heard of this uh, can called Goop? G-U-P, Goop Industries. If you haven't, this little can, which Joey has right there, has sealant and air in it. So you, if you blow out your tire, you have air and sealant in there. So if your sealant's all dried up, you don't have to worry about it. This sucker has it in there. They have two cans. One is that with that that hose that you see right there with that Joey's showing, and uh, Joey's got the applicator on there. Joey, kind of, you were able to meet with Thomas to get some of these products, and tell us a little bit about how these work. Yeah, he was showing me a couple of the um, different ways that you could or fill your tire up with it. First off, I didn't know if you were running a tube that it would work. It's not just for tubeless tires. Because we came across that problem the week before. Someone mm -hmm. in the group was still riding tubes and got a yes. flat. So it was nice to know you could use both. This nice. can here will do the Presta or the Strader. Okay. This little guy there. For those the of camera. you who are Where's listening. The camera? Yeah, for those of you that are listening to audio only, Joey's showing the goop can that has the tube on it. It looks like it's got the button on the top, so you can you can control the amount that you release, right? Yeah, they say the best is to empty the tire completely. Okay. And then use the can, fill the whole tire up with it. Go and it goes ahead. in there like, it looks like shaving cream. Okay. But it will actually, in a couple minutes, it will liquefy. So once it's in, you just rotate the tire and that, that thicker shaving cream will go and patch up the hole. And then once that's patched, it'll kind of liquefy and turn back into a liquid and work just like your normal stands or whatever nice. one you orange seal, whatever you're using. It's pretty whatever much whatever slime point. you have in there. That's yeah. great. That's they great. I recommend with the um, Presta is just go ahead and take that little cap off. The black cap there? Yeah, just remove okay. it. Okay. And it, it will go, oh, I have one right here. It'll just go, let's see, right on there. Oh, yeah, look at that. Okay. It's perfect. Just take, okay, very cool. Yeah. And then obviously you want to let the air completely out of the tire, as they were saying, right? If you Let it completely out and then put the valve at 12 o'clock at okay. the top. Okay. Because otherwise, if it's down at the bottom, you're compressing the tire, and you're okay. not going to allow the, uh, the foam to go in there as quickly. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. We got a couple folks in here that are saying, uh, MTB Rad Dad saying, I always carry Goop. So, yeah, he knows about Goop. That's awesome. Right. And where he is out there in the uh, desert of Palm Springs, I've been out there with Adam. Those rocks are gnarly. So, awesome that he has Goop out there. And this is this is definitely true. What Craig's saying here. MTB Raging says, "Didn't they say you can seat a bead with the amount of pressure in that little can?" Yes, yes you can. You can. A lot of cans in there. Joey, what did what did Thomas say to you about that? Yeah, he, that's definitely true. A lot of people don't know that if they need to seat a bead, they, that can will do it. It's that's got enough pressure in the can to pop the bead on. 
That's great. That's great. Yeah. And price point wise, I think these things are like $10 a can. So they're not going to break the bank and you have basically your CO2 and your slime all in one package and they're pretty light. I don't know. I strapped mine to my, the frame of my bike. I did get one in Sedona and it doesn't even bother me. I don't hear it. I don't see it. Um, so I feel like I'm prepared if I need it or somebody else needs it. Yeah. And when we were in Sedona, I noticed, um, I, I usually don't like to take anything. <laughs> I don't, I don't want a toolkit or, you know, if I'm going far from the car, I'll wear, a, you know, a backpack or something, but, um, I try and go as light as I can. And in Sedona, I knew we were going to be out there and I did not want to walk home. So I took that little toolkit that you saw that I strapped. I had the tire on there, tire levers, bacon yes. strips, and right away, the tube, the tube. Yeah. <laughs> and right away I felt the vibration in the bike and it just, it bugged me that whole ride. It bugged me. And I was like, what is that? And I was just like, it's gotta be that pack. It's gotta be something shaking in there. <laughs> and then the next day we got the goop and, and there's nothing. It was right back to a normal bike. You don't even notice it's on the frame, which is perfect. Yeah. But definitely. I know I can get home if I get a flat. So that's right. You don't have to do the walk of shame. Right. right. MTB Rad Dad says, should have brought more water. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Oh, yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For the folks who haven't seen the video, basically, we did Highline. We all took about a bottle of water, thinking that it was about a three mile trail. Didn't account for uh, coming out of Templeton. <laughs> so, Glad it wasn't hot that day. <laughs> I think we got lucky. We got lucky. Yeah. All right. Guys, for uh, for those of you who are on the show, for our guest, uh, Robert runs this podcast. It's an awesome podcast. It's called the Biker Bar Podcast. And uh, the guy is like such an amazing character, such a cool guy to talk to. I was, I was lucky enough to be on the show here recently, and he makes it very, very comfortable. Everything about biking uh, is very knowledgeable and has had, geez, so many guest stars and a lot of good celebrity mountain bikers in our community. I mean, I've seen skills with Phil on there. Um, you name it, uh, Biker has had it on there. And we're lucky enough to have him on the show tonight. So if you guys have any questions for Biker, uh, go ahead and put it in the chat. Joey, what do you think, man? Should we bring our special guest out? Yeah, let's bring him out for sure. All right, here we All go. Right, here comes Robert. Ooh. Yo, oh, yeah, what's up, Biker? <laughs> I figured, I, figured I, I should start drinking because... This is going to get weird real quick. <laughs> <laughs> cheers, my bro. Cheers, cheers. Cheers, cheers man. Cheers. <laughs> Thanks. It's Thank you for jumping on the show. really weird for me to not run the conversation. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, is it nice well, not to have to push the buttons and stuff like that? You know, that stuff doesn't bother me. Like, Because yeah. I'm ADD. I like pushing all kinds of buttons anyway. I'm like. <laughs> so, <laughs> But it, it's just always strange for me like to not be driving the conversation you, you know what i mean yeah so yeah i'll do my best to just let you do your job <laughs> i'll leave you two alone so you guys have fun joey thanks for thanks yeah, for no being problem. on here joey's gonna jump backstage and kind of monitor the chats for us and uh pull anything up thank you mr uncaged mtb so folks if you have questions for robert uh please please chime it in but uh basically you know biker I love everything that you're doing. And uh, I just wanted to tell everybody when I was in Sedona, it was my first time being at the Sedona Mountain Bike Festival. And you clearly were just the coolest guy to come up and say, hey, man, I'm Robert. And uh, welcome to this whole like crazy YouTube world. And I'd love to have you on here. And it was just like, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so intimidated to be around all these people. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can understand how that feels, especially like, 
a lot of the guys that were there, we all know each other. So um, I'm sure you felt like, like when we first all kind of started that group, that, that group of like MTB creators, like most of us were all pretty new at it. So we all were, regardless of where we were subscriber wise, we were all like kind of just starting out, you know, and some of us now like subscriber wise are doing better than others. So basically everybody that started is doing better than me. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, um, but all nonetheless, like, yeah, I mean, we were, we were all kind of meeting each other that, that first Sedona around that time all, all together. And, uh, so now kind of coming into it, I could see like, man, all these people know each other. They have things to talk about and blah, blah, blah. Like definitely has to feel a little strange. <clears throat> yeah, it was, it was definitely kind of one of those like, oh my gosh, there's, there's a biker. There's like, there's the crashing dad. There's MTB Allen. There's all these people all in one room. And uh, man, it was a little intimidating, but you made it very comfortable, man. I really appreciate that. That was right on, man. So, super cool of you. I didn't um, even know I was doing that. Uh, maybe next time I'm, I should think about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was awesome. <laughs> we got a question here from Sebastian. Normal MTB has a serious question for you for his hot wings. He says, Robert, mild, medium, hot, or extra hot? Ranch or blue cheese dip? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I just jumped right in because I was like, got excited. We're talking about chicken wings. So if you guys don't <laughs> follow my channel or, or anything, that's definitely the uh, staple of my diet. And um, I, I'll tell you this right now, normal. Um, I'm pretty much always going to order extra hot because almost nowhere that you order hot wings and you say hot that they're actually like hot. So that, that's pretty much, I, I'll go straight to the top. And then um, if I have to learn a lesson, I'll be easy, like gladly humbled. But for the most part, I mean, aside from like, like going to like B-dubs and getting their like, whatever their challenge wings are you know the ones that are like ridiculously hot i, uh -huh. I don't think i've eaten any wings anywhere that i was like this is too hot <laughs> so then the rancher blue cheese i i ah, dude every time you go to a new restaurant you have to order them both because mm. this is the thing restaurants only do one or the other good they never have a good ranch and a good blue cheese so like and when you ask the person that's the server, right? Like, hey, do you like the ranch or the blue cheese? You don't know, like, if they actually like the same things as you. So point. they could say, like, this is the best ranch. And then you taste it. You're like, this is this is garbage. Yeah. So basically order them both, try them. And then from there, like, I could tell you what I eat at, at what restaurant. Like like Hooters, 100% their ranch is the, is the one. But, like, if you go to B-dubs. I think I do their ranch there too. There's like a restaurant here in town, a couple of them that's like 100% their blue cheese. So I don't know. There you go. That's the long <laughs> answer. There you go, Sebastian. A little bit, a little bit of everything. So it depends on where, what restaurant you're at. Uh, chat in there if, we, if you wouldn't mind chatting in there, uh, Sebastian. Normal empty beer. Where did you get the hot wings from? And that ought to help out a lot. Yeah, <laughs> Uncaged MTB says Joey Diaz says blue cheese, blue cheese. Gotta go with blue cheese. We got uh Alpha MTB says BWW or Wingstop. Yeah, I would go if I had to choose one of those two, yeah. I'd probably go B dubs because Wingstop's decent. I mean, it's cool that you can pick them up, but I, I feel like I don't like their flavors as much. I think B dubs has better flavors, but B dubs has like their their chicken wings are like too big sometimes. And okay. I like them when they're smaller. That's kind of one of the things that I like about Hooters, is because it's like the perfect amount of like 
chicken wing and ranch and sauce all in one bite we're like beat up sometimes the chicken wing's so big it's like there's too much chicken not enough skin or whatever you know what i'm saying yeah yeah are you a a chicken wing person i am a chicken wing person i do like chicken wings and i have to tell you guys a funny story about chicken wings in sedona and joey is going to agree with me on this we were at the sedona bike park and it was night two of dinner Right. So the first night we were all at that uh, burger joint mm-hmm. and I got a text from Tony De Silva, Mr. Outsider MTV. And he says, hey, man, I'm down the street at this uh, restaurant. They got the best chicken wings. And it had been at the end of the day. We were all tired. We're like, that sounds great. It was starting to get cold. It was going to be the perfect time to get chicken wings. So we find Mr. Tony in this like divish bar slash restaurant, maybe kind of, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it was like way off the grid. And it, it looked like some place that was going to be a warehouse where you open the door and there's just going to be cars jacked up on the, on the racks there, not a food place. And we get there and Tony's sitting in there and it looks like it's the type of place that you throw the peanut shells on the floor and there's a bar there. And, and you know, it's just like a very, very local type of crowd there. And uh, we're like, all right, Tony, we're, we're all hungry, man. Can't wait to try these chicken wings. And he looks at us and he goes, they don't serve chicken wings here. <laughs> and we're like, wait, what? <laughs> and my, my wife and Uncaged MTB's wife, they we canceled our reservations at this other location because these this place has this amazing chicken wings. And we ended up settling for peanuts. And I think we had deviled eggs. And the place just started serving food. It was a cash-only place. And the guy had kind of created a menu <laughs> so it's like opposite of everything and, i'll tell uh, you oh, i'll man. tell you right now if you want the best wings in sedona go to famous pizza they have two locations Ooh. one one in west sedona and one in the other side over by bell rock i don't know what that that's east or north or i don't know what direction it is but i can tell you they have the best wings honestly every year that me and my my friends go to sedona we think that we're going to eat somewhere else and we honestly just eat there for like four days straight oh dang <laughs> dang that is really good then yeah Jeez louise yeah we're making people hungry here we got uh mtb nick says uh he's got the chicken wings right there we got uh charlie hicks georgia in the house what's up what's up charlie thanks for joining on mtb nick is Hungry, he's saying. Debbie Keo says, hungry. <laughs> Timmy Raging says, I'm blue cheese all the way. Dang. Okay. Chicken wings, Robert, best at the end of the day or right after a ride, or does it matter? I'm pretty much like equal opportunity with when I would eat them, but I would say after a ride is like the best because then I don't feel so bad about eating a bunch of fried food and like <laughs> drinking a bunch of beer. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that, I would say post ride definitely. Post like ride, right. yeah, immediate yeah. post ride. Yeah, yeah, that's a good that's a good way to do it. I yes. actually went and rode a couple of hours from here recently, just so I could eat chicken wings at Hooters because they closed all the Hooters in like Northern California except for this one. So I drove down to Santa Rosa, which is close to where uh, um, Normal One to Beer is, and. Uh, rode annadale down there just so that we could go to hooters afterwards so nice yeah. nice and that apparently is... the girls there 
don't get like a bunch of hungry mountain bikers very often. We ordered a hundred wings and the chick's jaw just hit the ground. Like, <laughs> like she was like, what? And I'm, I'm like looking at the table. There was like six of us. I'm like, this is not that many. Like, cause I used to go there like back whenever they had all you could eat and eat like 50 wings by myself. <laughs> so she's like, I've never seen somebody order a hundred before. And we're just like, you are crazy. You've been working here for like a week. Yeah. Oh, anyway. Dude, I just had, it sounds like a lot. And I just did the math. So for six of you guys, that's 16.66 weeks. So, okay. That's not as bad, but yeah. dude, when you, when you I ate 40 that. of them and nobody else got to eat six. <laughs> I can tell you that much right now. Oh man. I eat like super fast. And then I joined the military when I was younger and then I ate even faster. So like my friends, when we all go like to get wings like that, they're, they're definitely like, dude, you need to get your chops in because Robert's going to freaking take your fingers off. If you don't get to it. You'll be sitting there hungry. <laughs> you got, you got MTB raging right there with the look on his face. Like, Oh, a hundred. <laughs> if you guys are listening, now is a good time to chat in. What's the most amount of chicken wings you've ever eaten in one single sitting for Robert? Is it for it's 40? No, I've eaten more than that. What, what would you say? I think I've eaten like 60 or 70 because when they used to do that, like uh, that all you can eat night, uh -huh. I swear they would get like, like Ethiopian chickens or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> They're like really tiny little things. Yeah. They would be like little tiny little baby ones. You know, like what was that? There was that movie with Ben Stiller. I think it was or like <laughs> yeah. Tom Hanks. He was eating a little tiny corn. He was like, <laughs> but like that's how those wings would be. So like, uh, I remember just eating a boatload of them there, but I don't, I don't feel like that counts, you know, cause some places you could go like B-dubs, for example, you could go there and eat like 15 wings and be stuffed. And then you could, or you could go in the same like hungerness and go to Hooters and eat like 40. You, you know what I mean? You've so, got the same amount of material, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's funny, man. So much about chicken wings. I would have never known, but I'm going yeah, to, right? uh, check out some some b-dubs so you mentioned a little bit about the military um and thank you for your service oh, thanks, for, for that i really we always appreciate that and love everybody hat on the show we actually had a big veterans group on not too long ago called the bomber crew and uh, they're doing a lot of cool things trying to really impact that number of suicides in military i think it's like 22 a day and uh, they're out there getting people out on the trails to really beat depression and anxiety and off the couch. Uh, Isaiah Bernstein's actually active military saying 15, 15. So maybe the number is, is, is down a bit. So that's, that's a, that's still a high number, but it's way better than 22. So maybe that's, that's how many chicken wings he could eat. <laughs> that could, or Isaiah, <laughs> Isaiah, I'm sure you could do more than 15 brother. It's double digits though. So that's still good. <laughs> oh man. So Robert, take us back. Cause I, I know a little bit about your background about mountain biking. And I know, I think you came from VMX, but at what point did you cross over from when you were a kid or a teenager or whenever you started and uh -huh. decided to, Hey man, this bike thing is for me. When, when was that? How'd that happen? Well, bikes were always like a part of my life. You know, I think the first bike I got that I can remember like real distinctively would have been like somewhere around like second grade, first or second grade. No, actually, it was before that. It was kindergarten because I remember, uh, I remember my dad teaching me how to ride in the backyard. And I grew up in Pennsylvania, so they have alleyways in the in town. So that's like a like a little 
you guys know what an alleyway is. I don't know. Californians yeah. don't really have alleys. So I was like trying to think, do I need to explain this? I don't know. But anyway, uh, movies though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. So, uh, and I remember him like walking me around the yard a couple of times and then just kind of like, let me go. And, uh, me riding down the street and being like, like, I, I, I remember that day. Like, like, I, I'm, do you remember the first day you ever like learned how to ride a bike? You know? I do. I, yeah. I do. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That's like a, it's like a real thing in your memory. You know, you don't forget that. And, um, I think that is like part of the reason that, you know, I still enjoy it. It's like that feeling of like freedom and, and, um, every, all the enjoyment enjoyment and the like, you know, happiness that you get out of it. Like that's still there, you know, so and I'm, now I'm not, I'm like what, 44 years old or something like that. And I still, I'm still stoked when I get done riding. So to answer your question though, um, I rode mountain bikes for the first time. I think I was in like eighth grade. My mom was dating this guy that, uh, that was into mountain bikes. So that was like early nineties. So like mountain bikes were basically like road bikes with like knobby tires on them and flat <laughs> bars. And, uh, they bought me this, this bike from Montgomery wards, which if you guys aren't familiar with that, it's kind of like a Sears or a Walmart kind of joint. And, uh, so I would ride BMX with my buddies like during the day or whatever. And then on the weekends I'd go ride with these guys that were like my age now, you know, like 30, 40 years old. And, uh, it was just super fun. So I, I had that bike for about a year. They bought like this extended warranty on it. And, okay. um, and you, like, if you broke anything, you could take it back and they would fix it. So I was like, Go breaking hard. pedals and bending <laughs> rims and snapping Dang. derailers like because this thing's a piece of crap right and i'm just beating <laughs> the shit out of it and then back then it's like fully rigid there was no like there was no no suspension or anything so it was like really like taking a beating every time you go out and then right before the uh warranty was up i took it in i ended up getting all their money back like what? I, just, I yeah i turned it in i was like i don't want this piece of crap anymore and they refunded me wow. and i took that money and put it as a down payment on a a giant at the time and that was the giant atx 760 because i remember looking at that thing for like back then bike shops had layaway I, I was i don't know if they do that still but like you could put it on layaway so like paid them that much and then I like mowed lawns and got birthday money or Christmas money or whatever it was to like get up to the $500 that that bike cost. Oh, and wow. uh, the funny thing is like the top of the line giant at that time was $999. Oh, wow. So, so this was like the third from the top of the line, you know, but, and uh, that was, that was it, man. And like, I really like rode a lot with those guys on the weekends and stuff. And uh, then, um, Right before I got out of high school, I ended up that bike ended up getting destroyed. You know, the 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 fork broke or something like that, and I kind of didn't ride mountain bike for a while. I went in the military. I had got out, had kids, and started gaining weight. And somewhere along the line, I, I was like, "Man, I want to get back into riding." And mm -hmm. uh, that was around 2006. Was and, that was that based on where you were in in your life at that point, or or was there an influence that kind of brought that? that thought process back to ride again. Yeah. Um, I think it was just a matter of like when, whenever I, I was like, I, I got out of doing more physical labor jobs and I, I started doing it. So, um, I couldn't eat the way that I was. Plus I was getting older. So then my metabolism was slowing down and, uh, started just gained a bunch of weight. So whenever I knew I needed to lose weight, I was like, well, what, what do I know how to do? I knew how to run because the military, like we did a lot of that. 
Mm-hmm. I knew how to work out. And um, I was like, what else can I do that's fun? That's going to help me like burn calories. Right. And I, I just knew that I always enjoyed riding a bike, mm-hmm. you know? So um, I, uh, <laughs> I actually had that bike that was broken. It was still in the attic of my grandmother's house. And I sent oh, her a dang. message and I asked her to, to mail it to me. Cause I was like, I'm going to ride my, I'm going to fix that old mountain bike, man. You know? <laughs> and, uh, dude, that thing showed up and I was like, this thing is garbage. I'm not getting on this. <laughs> and I like put it out on the street with a for, for like for free, free sign. sign. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, that thing was gone in like minutes and, oh, uh, geez. Yeah. And so I ended up like, there's a couple of good stories out of that because first of all, later I kicked myself in the ass for giving that bike away. Cause it would have been really rad to still have it. Like I could have made it like a fun, like bar bike or a single speed or, you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's a lot of things I could have done with that. Yeah. And I wish I wouldn't have done that, but outside of that. So then I go to the bike shop cause I'm going to like go buy a real mountain bike. Right. And uh, I'm thinking to myself, my last mountain bike that I bought was like 500 bucks, almost top of the line. Right. Right. So, so 20 <laughs> years later, I'm thinking, I'm going to go in this bike shop. I'm going to spend like two grand. I'm going to get the best bike they have. Oh boy. And uh, I walked in and the, and I asked, I told the guy, I was like, Hey man, um, I want to get a mountain bike. And he's like, all right, cool. Do you want a, a trail bike? Do you want a cross country bike? Do you want a downhill um, Enduro? What, what, what are you looking for? I don't think it was Enduro back then, but he, he like named like five different kinds of bikes. You're like, oh. I looked at him like dead in the eye, like, like stared deep into his soul. And I was like, <laughs> Dude, I said mountain bike. Like, <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Kind of and language. From yeah. there, he proceeded to tell me like this whole world that I didn't realize like had evolved oh, while wow. I was away from the sport. So, oh yeah. wow, wow. So, what did you end up? So, okay, so you got through that part, and then did you see something on the floor? Did you get something that day, or did you have to go back and like, yeah. I gotta look all this stuff up and find out what's going on here? No, man, I'm like such a, like a, a fickle person, dude. Like I'm, I'm down by like what color something is. Like most of the cars that I've bought are like, man, I think that looks cool. I don't give a shit what the <laughs> engine is or anything. Right. <laughs> but there was two bikes that they had at the shop that were like kind of in that price range of what I wanted to spend. And, um, one of them was a last year's model. So it had some better components. Okay. And then one of them was a new one, but not as good as components. So I rode both those bikes and one of them had mechanical brakes and one of them had hydraulic brakes. And Ooh. that bike with the hydraulic brakes, I was like, you know what? That is a huge difference. Like I could like tremendously tell the difference even at, you know, as a person I had been on a bike at that point, probably for years. And, uh, that's what sold me on that bike. So I ended up buying a, a Cannondale profit, which hmm. had about five inches of travel in 2006. When I told people I had five inches of travel, they thought I was fucking crazy, man. They <laughs> were like, motorcycle. Yeah, they were like, that's so much travel. What are you, downhill? Like doing a downhill race or something? I'm like, no, dude. This is like, and now it's like you tell people five, like that was a 140 millimeter bike. You know what I mean? Like, wow. like people now are like 140. You're like, whatever, dude. Like I'm rocking 170. <laughs> Shut up. You know, like. Good luck yeah. on this trail. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like 140. That's like a down country bike, dude. Come on. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So uh, that, that was the bike, man. That, that, um, that as soon as I took that bike out, I don't remember. I, I want to say I bought the bike. Like I had, uh, uh, 
what was it? A hernia. I had an um, like a hernia that that before I bought the bike that okay. was like um like like a hernia like right at my belly button like somehow you're like they, they call it an umbilical hernia. Okay. I guess like sometimes like that's just like a weak spot you have that ever since you're a baby and somewhere along the line it turns up right. So I had that surgery, and I want to say that maybe I bought the bike like right before I had the surgery, like, but didn't get a chance to ride it or I bought it like while I was like in recovery. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. So, uh, so I was like off of work. I couldn't go to work. So I went and bought this bike and, um, I, uh, I couldn't wait to ride it. You know, I was like, you know, new bike day. It doesn't matter. Like if you're Indeed. not into bikes or not like new bike yes. day, you, you want to ride the hell out of that thing. Heck yeah. And so I remember being like, not supposed to be like doing any kind of activity because I got all these stitches around my belly button, right? Where they fixed this unbuilt, the, this hernia. And um, so I take the bike out. I'm like, fuck this, man. I'm, I'm going out. I'm, I'm fucking tough, dude. And uh, so I go out oh, and no. I'm riding around some <laughs> like pretty XC, like fire road, like not anything like quote unquote mountain bikey that I would be considering mountain biking now, right? And I ate shit something fierce. Oh, no. So bad that I broke a couple of ribs. Oh, <laughs> no. Jeez Louise. So <laughs> here I am supposed to be like not at work because. How are you going to hide that from the doctor? <laughs> but it, it was like fortunate that I just had the surgery though because I had, because they gave me um, uh, Vicodin for the, the pain of the surgery. <laughs> and I'm not like a big pill person. So uh -huh. like I was like, I don't need it. So I wasn't taking it, but I broke those ribs, dude. And I was taking that shit. Cause <laughs> oh my God, that hurts. <laughs> You're like tic tacs. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. And I laugh a lot. And let me tell you, like, um, laughing and broken ribs don't go well together. No, you know? definitely not. Definitely yeah. not. Or, or getting a broken rib and then, and then, uh, catching a cold. Oh my God. Here we go. We were just talking about Tony, the outsider MTV jumped on. And uh, Tony, we were just talking about that bar slash restaurant, and we thought that they had chicken wings in there. <laughs> we were talking about that in Sedona. MTV Radio says, Tony, you've got some explaining to do. That, that's where that came from. That's where that came from about the dinner. Oh, my gosh. Um, going back to that, says, we need Robert down here to hit some SoCal trails. Ooh, yeah. Okay. What are you thinking? You coming down this way anytime soon? Yeah, yeah, no, I'd like to, I'd like to plan something. I was uh, telling Tony that he was up here recently, and um, had him over to my house and stuff like that. And I, I definitely would like to get down there. I I don't know why I haven't made that trip yet. You know, honestly, it's it's like it's not that far, really. Realistically, it's like six hour drive, right? You know, and um, to go down for like a, a long weekend or something like that, it would be super easy to do. And I, I just need to do it. And Honestly, what it really comes down to is like in the summertime up here when there's no snow in Tahoe, I'm trying to ride as much of that stuff as I can mm -hmm. because there's only like so many weekends that you can, you know, get up there and, and explore. But in the winter, like we're, we're down here riding all this other stuff, you know, that's like kind of our normal riding, riding spots. And it would make way more sense to go down to, to SoCal now. Yeah. But this is the thing in the last couple of winter, last winter and this winter is like, I got into building trails and now like in the winter, that's really like, it, it's kind of like, uh, it's got my focus is like trying to build this, some trails. Nice. So yeah. I have, and, to, and, I have to give and take. 
Yeah, I mean, you're you're up there. You're close to Colorado Kid, who I see is also in the in the chat here on the podcast. What's up, Joe? Good to see you, man. He says, "Oh man, Robert Poland, double podcast duty today." Yes, sir. He is Charlie Hicks, same podcast all night long. Do you have one after this one too? <laughs> Not yet, man. But maybe maybe if I drink enough beer, I'll do a biker live. <laughs> biker bar after hours for 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 Patreons only. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Colorado yeah, join my Patreon. And I'll I'll do a live stream. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. Colorado kid says, "Haha, now I feel like I got to do a live stream after this and invite Robert on." There you go. I'm in. There it is. It's done. It's set. It's set. <laughs> AJ said, "Oh, dude, you got to you got to vote for it. Do it, Cali. Do it, Colorado yeah. kid. Do it." Bomber crew says, "Come join a Bomber crew MTV ride. Y'all fit right in as a vet. Perfect. Right that's a good invite right there. That that squad is strong. You show up to one of those. It's about a hundred. Hundred or so strong. Oh um, wow, that's a big group, man. Yeah, they're pretty new to the scene as well. And and you have a good mix. You have army and, and navy and marines, and then uh, you know you just don't want to get them against each other by like we're the best. And then oh uh, yeah, but everybody likes talking smack to each other. Like, it's I true. Of, I got a bunch of guys that that I know that are marines, and I'm always like giving them shit about eating crayons and stuff like that. <laughs> like, they're always messing with me and you know, we all, it's just, I think, you know, when, when you, you've, you've done that, you know, have that as part of your life, like that's kind of what you do while you're in the military is like really bag on each other. So when you get out, you can't talk to like civilians the same way that you could talk to people in the military. Yes. So uh, I, I feel like, like everybody just enjoys being around each other. <laughs> bomber crews right here they're saying they're saying crayons are tasty <laughs> yeah, he probably only likes the grape flavors <laughs> fred let us know if it's the grape flavor trail dog says yep that's me so who do you think as far as like the the brotherhood and that just jovial back and forth in the armed forces who gets it the worst because i always feel like i hear a lot about the air force but in your opinion, who seems to get the brunt of the humor the worst? Yeah, I mean, everybody just calls the Air Force like lazy. Like, so they're, they're just like, realistically, this is the deal with the Air Force. Everybody that makes fun of the Air Force is just making fun of them because they're upset that they didn't join the Air Force. Because like the Air Force got like the best barracks and they always had like, you know, the best looking women and like, just like everything was great for them. And then everybody else is like slowly sucking more from there. So but I feel like the Navy, man, they really get a bad, bad rap for the whole like, uh, like you want to be a sailor, you know, like, <laughs> like uh, I'll show you my toolbox. <laughs> So like who knows? Uh, I would think if it was if it was probably out of like the people that I've made fun of the most, I'd probably give the, the Navy guys the most shit. <laughs> the Navy guys would get it the most. Haley Bernstein is saying Coast Guard because they always get forgotten. <laughs> yeah, right. They're like the National Guard, like nobody gives a shit. They're like, oh, that's right. You were in the military, right on. <laughs> You're the VA loan for you. Bomber crews calling the Air Force the chair force. Yeah. Oh yep. my gosh. I'm losing all my Air Force uh, subscribers right now as we speak. But this is all in good love. <laughs> all in good love. Space Force is is <laughs> what they're saying. Uh Tony is actually saying out, he's saying some. With e-bikes, ha same ha with ha. E oh, same with e-bikes. Jeez, Louise, I can't read. Same with e-bikes. Right. I was thinking Air Force guys had the e-bikes and everybody else had analogs or something. Uh, we also oh, have so he's basically making the correlation that I said like people are just pissed that they didn't have that, that they weren't in the Air Force. Uh -huh. So it's the same thing. It was like people 
that don't have oh. e-bikes are talking shit like oh, i hate e-bikes but they really just wish they had one <laughs> yeah exactly barbara cruz say nothing but love for all the branches yeah, yeah very true man. very true man you guys do some do some great great things for our country which is awesome at the end of the day this is the thing i always tell people like i don't give a shit what your mos was that mos is like what your job was in the military like it takes a certain person to sign that line and regardless of what your job is like even if you're like a check cutter right like when you sign that line that says that you're going to go in the military and you're you're honestly saying i'm willing to give my life for what i believe in this country like like even if you're a check cutter you could be in a convoy going to the place that you go to check cuts at and somebody blows it up and you die you know what i mean like that like so so no matter what your job was, whether somebody wants to like be like, you know, oh, I'm super hard. I was a SEAL or I was a infantry guy or I was a artillery guy or yeah, who cares, man? There's other people out there that don't have those kind of jobs, but they still sign the line. And that's what to me means the most, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. Yep. So true. Barmer Crew says 100% trail dogs out there says 190%. Yep. You got some agreement on that for sure. For sure. So when you went into the military and you got out, you were kind of like starting the family, getting into the working world, knowing that you needed to do something. And you jumped on that, on that bike. You went in, you got that bike, 140 mils of travel. People were like, that's yeah, a motorcycle. Yeah. What would they have said today with everything that we have going on? Could, and did you see this coming with all the different types of bikes and suspension and air attendance <laughs> that we have now? You know, I mean, obviously, like if people tell if you tell people right now that you're buying a 140 millimeter bike, like they're I would think if anything, people think you're not buying enough suspension. You know, uh, my personal opinion is that a lot of people are, are overbiked. Mm -hmm. And um, if you are a person that rides, you know, 170 millimeters of travel right on, dude, like more power to you. But um, go out and get a bike that has a shorter travel on it and ride some of the stuff that you ride. And and it's it's freaking fun and it's mm -hmm. like maybe in some cases it's more difficult and that's part of it is fun too you know like that's why people are are digging like riding the hardtails and stuff like that yeah um as far as like seeing which way it was gonna go no i didn't i didn't see any i, I mean at that point i was just buying a bike that to me i was just like being like anybody else like how much is more travel okay that's cool you know what i mean like, yeah i didn't really know what that meant when I was talking to the guy, all I knew was I rode that one. It was squishy. I rode that one. It was squishy. And that one had better brakes. I really liked the way the brakes were. So that's the reason I'm buying it. And I liked it was black, you know? Like, yeah. That color was a big one for you. Yeah, yeah, that. no, that's definitely that, so. <laughs> Now, a lot of guys are, are, are at like 170, 160. And it seems to be that this trend where a lot of guys are going or guys and gals are going back down in travel. I recently saw a video of Tony who's on here and uh, outsider was on an Izzo, YT Izzo, which was smaller. And then I believe I had heard on is either one of your episodes or on one of your podcasts, you actually have two analog bikes. Yeah. Yeah. I have a Bronson. That's a 27, five wheel and it's 160 mil travel. So um, that's kind of my, my, my smash rocks bike. And then mm -hmm. I have a tall boy, which is, set up with 140 on the fork and 120 in the rear so mm. i i was riding a 
hardtail chameleon, Santa Cruz chameleon for a while that is that had a hundred, I had 140 mil fork on that. And it just would like, I, I loved that bike. It was so much fun to ride and it was so much fun to like get the same downhill times on that bike as I was getting on my full suspension or like right next to my buddies that would be like on a 170 mil bike and we'd get to the bottom they'd be like holy shit you're right there like that feels cool you know yeah, yeah. and uh um but it would just beat my back up like really bad and um not you know I, I think at the end of the day I was just like you know what I would really enjoy having just a little bit of travel in the rear end so when you're like on those trails that have like chatter and you're just like you can't be out of the saddle when you're like pedaling flats or uphill or whatever. And that little bit of travel in the back just really smooths that out. And mm -hmm. um, then, you know, overall though, the bike still like plays and is fun. Like my hardtail was. So I, I really, mm -hmm. really enjoy that bike. Do you find that when you take the smaller travel bike out, it changes your riding style or do you select the bike based on the trails that you're going to go on? I usually select the bike on the trails that I'm going to go on, but um I definitely will, um, I don't know what the right word is. I, I definitely take the wrong bike a lot. <laughs> and like, so <laughs> meaning the short travel bike to a place that's way chunkier than it probably should be. Like I've done that a bunch of times. And uh, most of the time, I mean, actually every time, like it, it still handles it. It's just like your body's going to take a little more abuse. Mm. So like there was a trail in this area kind of up by Downeyville. A lot of people know Downeyville. There's a trail called Mills Peak. And um, the first time I rode that with my my tall boy, I was just like, man, it's just like baby head central on this thing for like five miles of the trail. It's just like, you know? <laughs> and uh, I just remember being done with that first lap that we did and just being like, oh my God, I don't even want to think about doing a second one. But, uh, and it just beat me up. And then I, I remember thinking, man, that would be great if I had my Bronson. I wish I would have brought both my bikes. And then later I rode that same trail in the Bronson. And it was like totally different. It was like, oh my God, this is so fun. <laughs> so you know? smooth. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's that's... possible, but it, it's definitely, um, it, there's definitely, there's definitely a way, a way to choose the wrong bike. But. <laughs> uh, we got a couple of chats. I just wanted to have like Colorado kids says, that's how I feel whenever I sign up to do a techie climb with BKXC. You got the flags there from MTV. Nick, uh, MTV Nick says 200 mils all day. Um, Adam says, I a hundred percent agree on the overbiked statement. Yeah. I know that uh, I know Adam Miller, MTV rad dad's kind of been going a little bit lesser travel on the intense selection there. From that company um normal mountain biker is saying if you scale down if you scale me down to the size of average people me on a 170 is the same as a normal person on a 120 so hmm <laughs> so that's that oh, i don't man. buy it i, I don't <laughs> buy it normal sebastian he's not buying it sebastian i i get i get what you're saying though i get what you're saying i get what he's saying too but <laughs> aj saying it's fun downsizing the bike as you get better progress so I mean, as we're talking about downsizing the bike and bigger bikes and smaller bikes, what is your thought on the mullet setup? And have you had much experience on that mullet setup? Oh, man, I would love to get some experience on the mullet because yes. obviously anybody that follows my channel, I'm like a super Santa Cruz fanboy. And um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I just saw normal wants to fight. 
We'll have to fight. We'll, we'll put the like like the pink slips of the bike on the line, and we'll see what's up, man. <laughs> this has to be done at Colorado Kids Fireside Chat going down uh, during uh, Dirt Days in in March. So buy your tickets yeah. now. Normal Mountain yeah, Biker right. versus Robert. <laughs> right. I feel like yeah. So back to the back to the conversation. Yes, so, the mullet, the mullet. Yeah, as Colorado Kids says, Robert needs new Bronson. So that's definitely where I'm going. The new Bronson okay. is a mullet. And uh, I'm really intrigued by it. Um, when I had the V2 Bronson, I didn't know what they could possibly do to make that bike better. And when they brought out the V3, like I rode it and I did a video on it and I, and I was kind of like, I, I liked how my bike, my V2 was like a little more poppy. But in the back of my mind, I knew that V3 was like way more plush. Like, mm. like, and later on, I ended up getting the V3 because of the color. And um, what color? Black was it black? That gray one, man. I like that oh. flat gray. It just looks so sick. Ooh, and uh, sick. I, I was feeling like for my channel, like I needed to have a newer bike to like kind of stay relevant with what's new or whatever. So I um I took the opportunity during COVID to sell my old one, which I ended up like getting like only like a thousand dollars less than what I bought it for. Wow. So you know what I mean? So yeah. like, and I had wrote it for three years. So, wow. so I bought the V3 and when I started riding the V3, I was like, Oh my God, this thing is actually like way better. Like I didn't notice it from one ride for an hour. You know what I mean? Whenever I did the test test ride on the video, but after having it for like a week or two, I just realized like, man, this thing like corners so much better. It like tracks so much, like so much about it and so much better. And, um, that really made me feel like, like these guys aren't just like marketing some like bullshit about this is better. Like it actually is better. Mm -hmm. And so when they brought out this new one and it's a mullet and I'm not big on 29ers and, uh, so I'm really conflicted. So it's like, on one hand, I really like the V3. That thing is rides so good. Mm -hmm. But if those guys over at Santa Cruz are like, this is better then it really like, it really makes me wonder, like, it's going to be one of two things that's going to happen. Either I'm going to try it. I'm going to love it. They're right. Or I'm going to try it. And this will be the, that'll be the the bike that makes me maybe not buy Santa Cruz again. You know? Ooh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So I heard you say that you're, you're a big fan of the 27.5, but not the 29er. Is it, is that through ex your experience on riding the two sizes or? Yeah, I had a uh, 29 wheels on the the Chameleon. And then I also was riding 27.5 plus on there, which is close to a 29er. Yeah. And then the Tallboy has 29er on it as well. So um, the bike that I'm riding, I think I ride the Tallboy more than I ride the Bronson, to tell you the truth. Okay. At least in the, like, yeah, no, it's pretty much because most of my, like, during the week rides are local, you know? And so even in the summertime, when I'm doing a lot of stuff in Tahoe, that's when I'm taking the Bronson. But most of my stuff during the week, I'm still riding my tall boy. Okay. And um, a 29er has some benefits. I won't say that it doesn't, you know, without a doubt. But it, I have not ridden one that is as responsive and flicky as a 27.5. Okay. And so I really like, like technical, chunky stuff. And um, just the rollover is a little better on the 29er. But I don't feel like you can control that bike as well as you can a 27.5. Like, 
especially like if you're in like slow tech, you know, like, or, or, or even like the faster chunky stuff, like sometimes it's like you are pointing the wheel, you want it to go this way. And it still kind of takes a little bit of its own line. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the 27.5, it's, it's not that way. More sports car, more responsive. Yeah. 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 MTB raging here is saying mullet equals super planet in my short term opinion corners corners. Yeah. He just picked up uh MTB Raging just picked up a YT decoy mullet setup <laughs> and uh maybe that slacked out uh difference there um but robert for you it sounds like you like the flickiness of the 27.5 but you also like to smash the rocks and so maybe that's the intriguing part of a mullet experience you think the thing that's intriguing to me is like mostly the reason i told that story is like those guys don't engineer shit that it that doesn't like isn't better that's one mm -hmm. part you know mm -hmm. So um, if those guys are taking their like flagship, you know, one of their flagship bikes, the Bronson, you know, and changing it to a mullet, I don't feel like they're doing that just for like some like PR stunt. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I've had some friends that are riding mullets just tell me how much they enjoy them. Mm. And, um, and the way that they explain it, you know, it, it sounds intriguing to me. It sounds really intriguing to me. So, um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm really like, I, I don't know how, how to feel about it. I really want to go out and try a bike and, um, hope, or one of my buddies, uh, Moonlight Leatherfoot, he's on my channel a lot. And, uh, he's planning on buying one of the new, new Bronsons, which, so I'm pretty stoked cause he's the same size as me. So uh -huh. I'd be able to like get a couple of rides on it, not just like go out and just, try like one hour or whatever rent one for the day or something like that yeah so that that'll be um that'll be really interesting to, to to see how it is and like i said that i think would be one of those things that um that'll really like kind of make or break it for me whether or not i stay with with buying ron like buying santa cruz because hmm. i i really really like the 27.5 yeah platform and um i don't want to go to like a nomad i don't really feel like that's what I want to do, but maybe if, I mean, my, yeah, yeah. Who knows? Maybe they're going to mull up the, the nomad next, you know? Yeah. It, it does make you wonder what's going to happen. And, uh, it, it sounds intriguing to, to have the best of both worlds on, on one bike. So it'll be yeah. cool to, to see how it goes. I mean, obviously we'd watch the channel and watch your experience through it and hear you tell the story behind it, which will be cool when, uh, when you're able to do so. Um, but, um, speaking of the channel, when it comes to, uh, the biker bar and, uh, the biker channel, what, what's been going on with it lately? What's new, um, and where do you have any new ideas that you're thinking about doing for the shows or episodes? As far as the, the podcast goes, you know, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing right now. You know, Sunday nights episodes, five o'clock Pacific standard. It's usually about two hours. Um, sometimes, depending on the guests, it may be a little shorter, a little longer. But that's kind of like the 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 mainstay there is like interview people in the industry, interview other YouTubers, and um, you know just have good conversations. Like I've been compared a, <clears throat> a bunch of times as like the Joe Rogan of mountain biking. You know, is like what I've heard a lot of people say. So that's, that's a compliment, really compliment. quite flattering. You know, yeah. But uh, I just like having that laid laid back conversation. I feel like in terms of like the long-term strategy of of 
biker as far as a, a, a brand i think that the podcast is really where where the longevity will come because um <clears throat> injured not injured if i'm 60 years old like i could still be doing interviews and like talking to people about the industry um i feel like i don't know how many like 20 year old guys want to watch like a 50 year old dude like making youtube videos about writing i don't know maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm not I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll find out, but, um, I enjoy the biker channel itself as well. And I really enjoy the creative process of making those videos. Um, it's a lot of fun, like interacting with people that way. So, um, it's just a lot of work, a lot of work to do all that editing and, and yeah. stuff like that. So I, 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 right now I'm, I'm doing these like 90 second in or 90 second reviews on the biker channel, mostly. And a lot of people seem to like that. So it's just like, like the way I, I explained it to people is whenever you're on the side of the trail and one of your buddies is like, Hey, do you like that pedal? You don't tell your buddy like for 15 minutes, like why you like that pedal? Like True. you tell them in like a minute or two, you especially know, especially if like, you're climbing. Right. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <clears throat> you don't go on and on about it. <clears throat> and that's kind of what I don't like about reviews where it's like, you, you watch all these guys doing review videos and it's like, god it's like five five minutes into the video and you're like can you get to the freaking point already like i'm, I'm like tired of this and like you haven't even like you, you just want to know what the like the nitty-gritty is and so on those 90 second reviews it's actually pretty hard to like get everything that you want to get out into 90 seconds and sometimes you have to like take make sacrifices it's like oh i didn't i'm i forgot to say that or i couldn't say that I just didn't have enough time because i want to talk about these other couple of things and so it forces you to be like real honest, like, this is cool. This is cool. This part sucks. Yeah. Buy it. Or this part sucks. Don't buy it. Or I don't know. This is my experience. You decide on your own. You, you know what I mean? Like, but this is what happened. You know, it, I, I had to go ahead. Oh, no, I, I, I love that setup that you do there. And I love how you take the phone and you set the timer. And you're like 90 seconds. Here we go. And uh, man. I, I don't know, but when you're making those videos, is it a, are you doing that a one take shot? Cause it looks like it's a one take. Yeah. It's one take. Yeah. Jeez. If I, if I do the 90 seconds and I don't feel like I got everything I wanted to say in there, or sometimes I'll get like halfway through and then I'll like screw up what I'm saying and I'll be like, nah, I'm going to restart. So usually I, I'm most of those, I'm probably recording like two to three times. Like, that's impressive so it'll just be like i'll do the 90 seconds and then i'll finish and i'll be like oh man i forgot to say this so then i'll start over again or um sometimes like because i usually like film like six or seven or eight of them all at once okay so i'll just come out to the garage and just film for like an hour or two or whatever it is right and um as i get rolling into them like the the ones that are like four five and six in the loop you know they mm -hmm. a lot of times i'll get those on like the first take because it'll be like I'm in the, like in the moment, you know what yeah. I mean? I'm like firing. Zone, all yeah. But, uh, but usually it's like two to three, two to three times that I record it. And then what I have done, what I, what I originally was like doing one take from very beginning all the way to the end. And like, including whenever I'm talking after the 90 seconds. And what I have done now is like, I'll, if I screw something up in that last part where I'm like, Oh, I forgot to say like, subscribe or i forgot to like tell them like hey buy my merch here's this shirt you know like, <laughs> like then i'll record that and then i can make those edits but i i don't make any cuts in the whole 90 seconds at all it's like 
beginning to end and then that's it that's pretty impressive that's really impressive and how did you come up with that format was it just something you thought of one day when you were riding with a buddy and like why don't we do more of these like quick hits on product review well you know obviously you you have a lot of time freaking in the saddle to think when you're climbing and uh, mm-hmm. i've been working on trying to lose weight there's a that's like a series that's going on in my channel i've been trying to lose 80 pounds okay and um so i've been doing a lot of riding and while i was riding i was trying to think of a way that i could like do something that would be like for youtube shorts for instagram reels for TikTok, and like one thing that would like be like like be able to like edit for all three of those platforms and um i didn't come up with that but i did come up with the sh- with the 90 second review because <laughs> basically i was like i was like oh, okay how long like because the the same thing i said earlier about like why you don't you know somebody doesn't talk for 15 minutes about a pedal so i was like okay well what's the amount of time that i could like talk to somebody about something that like is short enough that like you almost can't not watch it till the end, you know? Yeah. And that's where I kind of came up with 90 seconds. And I was in my head, I was thinking 60 is like just too short. Like it's just not enough time, you know? Yeah. And um, so then when I went home after the ride and I like kind of looked up, like how long can a TikTok video be? How long can a reel be? And they were like 60 seconds. I was like, fuck. You're like, damn, yeah. so close. <laughs> so close. Cause shorts, I, I think, the reels might actually be able to be longer on Instagram, but I think TikTok is the one where it's like has to be 60 seconds. Gotcha. So at that point, I was like, okay, well, I still need an idea for that. So I, cause I still want something that I can use on those three platforms. I feel like, um, I feel like I, as my, uh, as a brand, I should be on TikTok. And I, as a brand, I should be using the reels on Instagram because mm-hmm. the only thing I post on Instagram is, is, is pictures. Every once in a while, I'll do like a little short video, but I pretty much only do pictures on there. And um, I know that my Instagram following could be a lot better if I was doing shorts for or the reels mm-hmm. or like videos, you know. I mean, look at um, normal MTB. I mean, he's freaking killing it. And yeah. it's just, he's not posting pictures. He's, he's posting videos. And his yeah. videos, I'm assuming, are on TikTok too because they're like that same format. And if he's doing it on YouTube as well, I would I would hope that he is. Um, he he should be able to he'd be like building a pretty good empire. I mean, the yeah. way that he was like blown. I, I only follow him on Instagram. I, I haven't looked at his YouTube channel in a while, but um, yeah, that's like that platform's just he's like he's killing it. He's killing it. <laughs> yeah, he's he's doing so so good. Yeah. Um, we got a super chat here from Trail Monster. He's asking a question, Mark. What made you getting into doing these podcasts? And uh, maybe we could both answer that one, Robert. Um, yeah, go for so it. Huh? I was going to ask you something similar mm-hmm. to that, but it, it's it's. Uh, I always wanted to hear people's stories um, to give you like the quick uh, two second pitch. There, you know, I lost two twin boys in 2016, and so I missed out on a ton of potential there with those kiddos. And so when I see people out there like overcoming things and like beating a PR or becoming better at something, losing whatever it is, I like to pay attention to those stories because it's that person's progress and it's that thing that I missed out on with the kiddos. So these podcasts allow me to learn about all different people and it it helps me kind of live through their progress. Like Robert was saying earlier, whether I'm injured or older or 
not on the bike or whatever, I can learn something and see progress through other people's stories, which is super cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's, 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 uh, that's definitely a fun part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Robert, how about, how about you? Like, I know you're, I, I noticed you're very business minded, you know, the way that you set everything up, you know, when we met, you had a business card. I'm like, gosh, man, I got to get a business card. Yeah. And, uh, I know that, you know, you, you set up your, you set this up like a brand, which is great, but what got you into what sparked that thought to, to want to set it up this way and to even actually want to do this? Well, I think in my professional career, you know, doing IT that um, I had been through some processes with branding with the companies that I worked with. And um, so I understood what that meant and why like that's really important um, for some people. Maybe it's not as important, especially like like for some people, you don't need to you don't need to have a cool logo. You don't need to have any of this stuff to actually start just a YouTube channel, right? Like just get out there, like the most important things, just get out there, and make content. But for me, and the way that I work is like I really am always thinking like way into the future. And like I wanted to make sure that I had all of that stuff set up right out right out the gate because in my mind like if you have a logo that people can recognize when they would see me in like bkxe's live streams chats they would like oh there's that guy where there's that 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 logo right and then maybe they see that logo now on the side of their youtube in the feed a couple days later mm -hmm. and they're like oh i recognize that from that conversation like I was on that stream the other day, like something in the back of their head says, Oh, I, I recognize that. It looks cool. Let me click on it, you know? And, um, I feel like that, you know, that branding part is, is big, you know, and even down to like how I'd start my videos out, you know, what's up YouTube, you know, like, like <laughs> people, that. like they, they associate what's up YouTube with my channel. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, that just like, it meant, it meant, a lot for me to like kind of get all like all that that kind of put together mm -hmm. as far as the podcast thing goes um the the question that the uh, super chat had throw thrown up um i just used to do these like long podcasts or lo long live streams um out here in the garage well, on the biker channel my lady like travels a lot for work and i don't like being alone so I had this like subscriber base and live streams had just come new to YouTube. And so when she wouldn't be around, I'd be like lonely and want to like hang out with people and it'd be real easy. Just got the garage and start a live stream. And I just basically like, I, I don't, I'm not a person that needs to like have a list of things to do. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm a talker. Right. So I just go out there with like no plan at all. And basically just sit in the garage, get drunk and talk to people. Right. And uh, <laughs> like these live streams would go on for like three hours, four hours sometimes. And it'd just be like me just bullshit with all my buddies that are subscribers. Right. Right. And, um, and I, uh, like other guys that I knew that were YouTubers, like they were doing live streams and they were like, man, they had this like list of things to talk about. And like, as soon as they ran out of things, they like, didn't know what to do. And like, they're like, what do you do, Robert? And I'd be like, I walk in the garage and I open a beer <laughs> and then I say, what's up YouTube? And then that's what happens. You know? and, uh, I would always delete them because my perspective was like, A, I don't need whatever I said drunk to be on the internet forever. And B, um, <laughs> like I wanted to like, like pe have people feel like 
when you see that notification go up that you're going live, that you either show up or you don't get to be part of it, right? Hmm. So that's why I like, I would, I think that's why my live streams would like grab so many people at times because like people knew if you're not there, you're not, you're going to just hear about it from your buddy. You yeah. can't like talk about it. Like you can't go watch it in a couple of days whenever he's like telling you on a ride. Oh my God, Robert was doing, they, they were paying him $20 for every shot that he would do. And he did like six shots in a row. And then he did a push-up contest with, with Paul the punter and like, you know, like all this stupid shit that would happen. So because of all that stuff, like people, um, it made me realize that like people really liked that format of just, you know, whatever me just talking. Right. Mm -hmm. And I started listening to podcasts myself at the time. And, um, I was like, you know what? I think I can do this. I think I can do this. And I, in addition to that was put, had put so much time into my channel for the first year of, of running it or year, year and some time. And, um, I really was like, like neglecting my family and my friends. And mostly what I was really concerned about was my family, like my lady and my kids. I just was like nonstop editing, nonstop filming, nonstop, like just channel, channel, channel. And I needed, and I was burnt out and I didn't want to like stop doing the biker channel, but I knew I needed to like have something that was like a little bit more sustainable in my life. And so that's whenever I was like, you know what? I could do an interview on Sundays or whatever it was. I, I don't know if I was, I think I was on Sundays then too. And like, and just, um, that's another piece of content for the week that people will like still, it'll still be relevant. And I'll just do that. And now I'll like take some of this load off and some of like the, how trying to create content, you know, and stay mm -hmm. relevant. Mm -hmm. And, um, I did that for like a year on the biker channel. And then I started realizing that I didn't know that whether my subscribers were into the podcast or they were into like my vloggy videos, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, it, it, I, I was like, I was feeling like YouTube didn't know how to like promote me. And maybe mm -hmm. that was wrong, but it was at least the feeling that I had. I felt like, like YouTube would be like, man, this guy has these people that watch these videos, live streams for two hours, but whenever he has a video that comes out, they watch it for six minutes, you, you know, like, Oh, gotcha. The algorithm was probably getting yeah. all jacked up there. No, well, you were putting both of these formats under one channel. Yeah. They were both on the same channel. So then after about a year of doing the, the, the biker bar, but on the biker channel, mm -hmm. um, I just got tired of it. I got tired of like every weekend, always like never having like a weekend that was like, Hey, we can go camping all weekend. We can come, come home Sunday night or I can watch the football game or you know what I mean? Like it just yeah. got like, I was like, I need a break. Felt like so work. yeah. Yeah. So I, I just stopped doing it. And, um, I, I, at that point then some time went by and some other people started doing some mountain bike podcasts and, um, I was just listening to him and it was irritating me because I didn't like him as much as mine. And, um, and I was like, I can do this better. Like I like, at least in my opinion, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, um, and so I was like, you know what? I'm freaking, I'm, I'm, I'm doing season two. I'm going to, I'm going to start season two. Nice. Fuck all these bitches, yeah. you know? And, uh, <laughs> uh, you feel it. You got to go for it. Yeah. So then at that point I was like, you know what? I need to separate these two because of what I said. I need to know, if the people that are subscribed to this channel are there for the podcast or they're there for the other thing. Mm 
So I started out season two, had Seth on from Seth Bike Hacks at the time. One of the biggest and, uh, dudes out there. <laughs> yeah, man. And freaking, and now I've been at it for, oh man, I don't even know how, it's been over a year. Yeah, it's been over a year. Wow. I think. Yeah, yeah, it has to have been over a year. Must be. I mean, you just uh, you just filmed what episode one forty five? No, one hundred six. I did one hundred six. Okay, one hundred six. Yeah. yeah, so it's been over. It's been a, a little over a year. Because the first, like this last year, I haven't done one every weekend. So, um, and I think I had forty eight episodes or something like that, forty seven episodes, and when I had it on the Biker Channel, so I copied all. I had to download all those. Oh man! Upload them to the new channel. I um, hit them all on the biker channel. So they're still there in case somebody had like a, a, a link to it somewhere and, and something. I didn't want to delete those videos. Mm -hmm. um, so there's still, there's some out there. Like if it was shared to some website, like in a forum or something like that, like they would still get to it on the biker channel. But um, I changed all the links in it to like go back to the new channel. Gotcha. <laughs> Gotcha. And do you see a difference now that you've done that? Does the algorithm treat your channel a little bit different, whether it's on the biker bar or the biker channel? I don't know. Honestly, definitely. <laughs> I know who knows, right? I really don't know. I feel like, I feel like it, uh, uh, I feel like it, it makes a difference at least to me because I know that the people there, like this is what they want. You know, it, there, there's a part of me that was like, you know, some people that like podcasts could give a shit about watching YouTube videos, right? So sure. like if if they're subscribed to your channel for a podcast and that's really all they want, when you make a YouTube video, they're like they're they're annoyed by maybe that that notification, right? Yeah. Like it's something you don't want to see. So, um why do that? You know, give yeah. people what what it is that they actually want. And if they, they want to go to the other one, I can talk about the channel on the podcast channel. They can sure. go over there and check it out vice versa, you know, like on my other channel, on the biker channel, every week when I have a podcast or even like for this show, I made a post that says, Hey, go watch this over on the biker bar. People don't have to do that. A lot of them don't, yeah. you know, there's like yeah. 15,000 people on that channel and there's only 3000 on the other one. So yeah. obviously hmm. there's a different market, you know? Interesting. And I wonder what the, I wonder what the hits are comparative to like, you know, iTunes and Spotify if if they're higher numbers there than they are on the biker bar youtube maybe maybe those are the people that just want to listen yeah my podcast downloads are are higher than the youtube watches gotcha gotcha so that's for sure so and and it's really interesting that um more people lately come up to me and say they know me from the podcast than they do my other channel which is mm -hmm. really interesting to me it's like really surprising it's funny because you and I were talking about that. And uh, sometimes with all of our gear on and everything, people will recognize the voice, you know, yeah. versus the bike or yeah. or the style of riding or what have you. Um, but that's interesting, right? It's it's very interesting. MTB Rad Dad has a question for you. He says, are you worried about the promoting with the new review format you're doing? I don't know what he means by that. I, I read that question when, when you guys first put it up on the screen. Yeah. And... Um, I'm not exactly sure what he means by that. So I'm going to like talk a little bit and see if he throws something else up there in the comments. Yes. But as far as like, am I worried about what the brands feel like, um, like, like I'm saying about it? No, 
not at all because it's that's what youtube is right it's like a platform for you to be like honest right mm -hmm. um as far as like oh i see what he's saying so between the ride videos and the 90 second reviews um i'm not really too no i don't think so on that because i think on that channel it's like a vlog type of channel right so i still put the ride videos up there i still do the and like i feel like it's just content on that channel so it's like what the algorithm cares about is that you put a video out do people click it right because they like the uh, the 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 thumbnail. thumbnail or whatever and do they watch it like how much of it do they watch do they watch all of it or do they watch 10 seconds of it and move on you know and that's really what matters like how much of the video are they watching mm -hmm. so um that retainment graph like, is always so tough to look at <laughs> for yeah, me anyway yeah i feel like that um you know on a on a on a uh, podcast as far as youtube goes like people could see my my thumbnail and think it's going to be a short video and they click on it and they see it's two hours long and they're like i'm out you know what i mean and maybe some of them might listen for a couple of minutes and then be like oh wow actually this is interesting you know what i mean but for the oh. most part like i'm sure a lot of the there's a lot of of clicks on the podcast that like people just go because they're like that's not exactly what i what i thought it was going to be that's why i've tried to change my my thumbnails on the podcast now to like show episode number like on the on the thumbnail so that yeah. way people kind of know like it's going to be a, a podcast it's not going to be a video God. like if you notice like rogan's like his always would be like it would just be a screenshot of like us talking right now yeah you know with the I microphones mean? and yeah, yeah yeah so like people were like oh okay that's what this is they know what they're getting into yeah um so I think as far as the other channel goes, like it's just me making videos on that other channel. It's not me like doing interviews. So it, to me, that's the same content. Um, I know a lot of people aren't stoked that I'm not doing as much ride videos right now. Because mm -hmm. um, that's your biggest following, isn't it? That you got 15K over there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm like I said, I'm not doing a lot of videos over there and, and right now as far as like the ride go goes or like the weight loss stuff. And I think some of that is, there's two different things. With the weight loss stuff, I feel like there has to be like a certain amount of time that goes by to mm -hmm. like show a result that mm -hmm. is like something fun to watch. Otherwise, it's going to be like the same thing over and over again, right? Right. Like, oh, here's me, what I eat. Here's what I, how I work out. Here's like me being pissed off I've gained weight. Here's me being happy I lost weight. You know, like, <laughs> right. like but like, I feel like there, there's not like a, a lot of room for a story in there, at least for what I want to creatively make. Mm -hmm. And, um, then as far as the ride videos go, like I, it's really hard for me to get motivated to like start the edit. And whenever that's what I've noticed, like whenever I like, when I start the edit, I'm like, I'm in, like, I love doing it, but it's just like hard for me to get motivated to start the edit. And I've been, I've been struggling with that lately and, um, hopefully, you know, every, everything in life like comes and goes. So I'm mm -hmm. sure it'll, it'll, it'll pass. And soon enough i'll be be doing some more so yeah yeah no it's as long as it's fun right it's 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 great and it'd be wonderful if this uh overtook the the, the main income someday so you could be creative and uh, kind of make your own hours and yeah. have fun doing so yeah yeah i definitely would would enjoy that i mean at the end of the day like i would always have always thought of like having my own business you know and like that's always been something that was really appealing to me but never really like i've had a few different things that i kind of chased after 
And uh, one of them actually was whenever I bought the domain biker, like it was a different idea for than what it is now. And um, then uh, because of that, like that want to have a, a business, my own business, like that's kind of what got me to where I am with the biker channel channels now. And it's actually the first thing that I'm like really actually like really stoked about. Like I, I, I really like the idea of being a podcaster of being like a, a social media influencer, you know, whatever you want to yeah. call it, a YouTuber. Yeah. Like, I think it's really rad. Like yeah. I, I really enjoy the whole, like the creative part. I love the like influencing people like for like to like, you know how many people I've met that have taught, told me like how much weight they've lost just from like the, the like eight videos that I made about it. Oh, that's, you cool. know, like that's, that's so like, cool. that like I've like impacted the hell out of people's lives. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. You know, like that's yeah. really, really cool. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, well, when you told me the story about your tires and the way that you like a tire a certain way and how you described this specific tire and how it had these like rolling ramps in the middle and then bike shops all around you were, were starting to use the same language because people were coming in talking your yeah. words and they were yeah. kind of, that kind of blew you away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually uh, one of my friends that works at a bike shop in Arizona was telling me like people are coming in and they're keep asking for that tire because of your video, dude. Like, <laughs> like, you know, it's like, Oh wow, that's rad. He's like, yeah, it's just crazy. You know? So. Yeah. It's fun. Well, Robert, I mean, I we're at one twenty right now. I always try to keep these a little bit closer to an hour, but it's so easy to talk to you and we have all <laughs> these you. people on the line. It, it's so fun. But, um, let everybody know where they could find you. If they want more of Biker, more of Biker Bar, more of Robert, uh, yeah. where are the areas they can find you? So definitely there's a bunch of spots that you can do. If you type in B1KER into Google, most of them are going to come up. But if you're looking for, <laughs> for videos on YouTube, if you type in B1 and just hit enter, I bet you the Biker Bar and the Biker Channel come up. Um, if you, if that's all you can remember, but if you want to spell it out biker, just like the, the name biker, the word biker, the one in the dictionary, it's just that one instead of an I, um, if you want to say it wrong, like 90% of my subscribers, you call me <laughs> B Wonker or B one cur or bite. I don't know. Bike biker one, uh, one biker, B one biker, uh, biker B one. There's a lot of them. You can do all right. those things. I'm pretty sure those will all come up in Google as well. Um, if you want to see some pictures or, uh, what's going on, like day more daily kind of interaction, you can check me out on Instagram and Facebook. Those are both at biker B1. So it's a B1KER B1, B1 just to make it confusing. If you just search biker though, B1KER, it'll come up. You'll see my logo. You'll know that's me. There's some like Russian dude, like that's into motorcycles. He's got biker. If I ever meet him. I'm going to hijack his Instagram account. Maybe I should hire some like some North Korean hackers to get the biker Instagram. It'll, it'll be mine. <laughs> so, That's um, for the algorithm. He's like, why do I have all these subscribers? Right? No, yeah. I don't have tires like that. Right, right. So, uh, and then if you want to help me keep growing this thing, go to Patreon for like a buck a month. You can be like, it's like, like whenever your, your, your bartender fills up your beer and you give them a dollar for doing that, 
Like you could do the same thing to me. And except for now for like 12 bucks a year, you get access to coupons that, that I have set up with vendors that I've, I've talked to or companies that I talked to on the show. And um, then you also have like a, another way that you could get a little bit more. You can get some, some stickers or some merch and stuff like that. So Patreon, just search Biker B1KER again. That is, that is awesome. And, and speaking of the Patreon, let's let's actually do a giveaway tonight. Um, Uncaged MTB and I, we want to go ahead and buy two people access to your Patreon for a year so that they can have access to that. Because one of the great things about having access to your Patreon is the coupon codes that you get from, from being on there. And so like for a buck a month, you're going to get way more value in what you're going to get out of the biker bar on Patreon. So um, we want to go ahead and give two of those away. I saw somebody up here and, and I don't know if you know, I'm sure you have a ton of people on here, but somebody came specifically for you and I wanted to give them one year of the biker bar on Patreon. And that was, let's see, yo, yo, I came here for biker. I'm going to go ahead and hit these people up, um, but I'm going to pick two of them, hook them up so that they can get to the Patreon. And when I connect with you, send me your Venmo so I can send uh, the the twelve months to you to sign up for Biker. You know, so, that's uh, really rad, dude. Yeah. Oh man, you're doing some great stuff. And uh, I, I mean, talk what, a little man. bit. Yeah, talk I, a little bit about what. that Patreon. You 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 have those two people. You tell me those those two people that you end up finding and getting their information. I normally have a like merch pack that I have set for like a twenty dollar twenty five dollar group that's on patreon so it's like a like a yeti mug like this thing here that i've been that i drink out all the time but it says it's got a biker logo on it there's one of oh, them there there in the background there you go a headband a bottle opener um a sticker pack a bunch of stuff i put in that merch pack you tell me who those two people are i know you're doing the 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 tip jar is what i call the dollar one yeah and i'll send them the box too Oh, no way. Okay. Yeah, yeah, dude. There we go. We'll, we'll skim through these. Yeah, there's definitely one I saw who came straight over for you, and we'll pick the other one at random. But just want to really expand what you're doing there because I love, I mean, obviously that sticker pack, what you have to provide. But on top of that, all the content that you're going to get through uh, that Patreon and all those codes because I know every single one of those festivals, you're out there working it. You're at every yeah. tent talking to everybody, and you're getting the coupon codes for everybody. So, folks – who are listening to the show, if you are not selected for a dollar a month at the biker, you can get on Patreon and get access to so many different companies and discounts, yeah. especially for this time of year. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's rad, man. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's a, there's a handful of things on there. It's not like, it's not like the, the, the Mecca of coupon codes, you know, it's not like I'm ready to throw up my own coupon code website. But um, that there's a handful of things on there. And at that buck a month, I always tell people it's like, like I just said, it's like throwing the dollar at, at the bartender, you know, it's not much. Um, there's that other other tier that's like five bucks a month. It's like buying your buddy a beer once a month. Like we probably all do that. At least I do. You know what I mean? Like we'll, yeah. we'll be out like, yeah, don't worry about it, dude. Lunch is on me or whatever, you know? So here you're getting a lot of, you're getting a lot of um, like, information or entertainment like i feel like it's worth something so and if the, enough of you guys do that 
then I can like walk into work one day and be like, fuck you, fuck you, you're cool, I'm out. You know? <laughs> that you have to film. That would right? make a TikTok. That would take 30 seconds. <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely. So. Oh, man. Well, Robert, thank you for spending time with us here on the segment. Always uh, love what you're doing out there. Keep up everything that you're doing, and I can't wait to see how you, how you progress. This is uh, always so good. Um, empty rad dad says oh he was talking about entertainer so he was uh you said you're 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 an entertainer uh, <laughs> rather than that <laughs> be a stripper too man i mean if the price is right dude i'll do anything man <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to end it um but thank you all for being on really appreciate you all and uh robert Take a look at Robert at B1KER on the podcast. You can download that wherever you download your podcast, as well as Biker on the YouTube. And if you always want to join the Patreon, you get some excellent value there as well. All right, guys. Hope you are doing well. It only takes a bike to be a biker. Robert? Get out and be one, bitches. Get out and be one. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys. And just like that, Senders, another episode in the bag. Hey, thank you all so much for joining me on these adventures. Uh, and with Joey, Uncaged MDB, putting out a lot of the great stuff for the podcast. Uh, we really appreciate all of your support. If you like the show and you want to give it a thumbs up or you want to give it a review and you're on iTunes, please head on over to iTunes and give it a review. A five-star review would really help us out and get us out to more folks and to more writers and to more areas. So thank you guys ahead of time for your support on that. Special thank you again to the sponsors of the segment podcast. Thank you to YT. Thank you to Tasco. Thank you to Spy Optic, Afton Shoes, and Kapu Coffee. Thank you all so much. I always appreciate all of the support. And senders, hope you find your weekend sending it well. Have a great time out there. If you are seeing us out on the trails, please come up and say what's up. Always love to meet everybody. And remember, whatever it is that you do outside of the bike, or if the bike is what you do, remember to enjoy it, be in the moment, work hard at it, because all of your hard work will always pay off. See you guys all in the next episode. Shoo-hoo!